0: Taking you behind the scenes and inside the locker room. You're listening to The Raptors Beat. With Josh Lewenberg and Nikki Reyes on TSN 1050. The Raptors live here. I love
1: how that sounds. I love how that sounds. Welcome to The Raptors Beat, your new weekly source for all things Toronto Raptors. We are your hosts. I'm Nikki Reyes. You know Josh Lewenberg, Raptors reporter. The man doesn't sleep. He's on TSN, TSN.ca. <laughs> He's all over the place. I, I, you're probably still at Scotiabank because uh, you were there last night. But, J. Lou, before we get into last night's opener, the long-awaited home opener, let's talk a bit about this brainchild of yours, Yeah, the Raptors beat. I'm still working on how to say that because I feel like you need to do swag.
0: The Raptors beat. Yeah, um, yeah I mean – we, we heard it off the top, right? We, we wanted to bring people inside the locker room, behind the scenes. It's been a while, right? I mean, it's even been a while for us. like The two of us, Nikki, we're, we're fortunate to have been around this team for a while. This is my uh, 11th year on the Raptors beat. Uh, but we didn't have that access last year. We couldn't have done a show like this last year. But being back now, we, we want to be able to bring people back behind the curtain a little bit and see what it's like behind the scenes. Maybe give a, a perspective that you, you wouldn't necessarily see on the TV or in a box score. Uh, we're going to get some access into the team, talk to some players. We're going to talk to Fred Van Vliet today in, in a few minutes from now. And, and what a first guest that is. Mm-hmm. We're going to talk to people around the organization and, and tell their stories, right? Because we, we've seen some things over the years.
1: Sure have seen a lot of things josh and some things you just can't you know put out in a tweet because there's it's lacking context and there's nuance to it all and so this is just obviously a great opportunity for us to tell these little stories these anecdotes these insights that perhaps you know people don't uh, always get to see and we need to tell somebody about them because i can only tell my mom so much she only cares so much (laughs) so this is a great opportunity
0: At one point we had talked about maybe doing a podcast or something like that. And and this will be available uh, on uh, through the podcast networks and on tsn.ca afterwards. But the idea of doing this live, I mean, there are a lot of benefits to that, obviously, but things happen. Things change (laughs) a lot in this, in this, certainly in this world, but definitely in sports and in the NBA. And if something happens here, best believe if, if there is a trade that's made in the next, what, 58 minutes we're going to talk about it right in yeah. a podcast something could be dated real quick but uh, in addition obviously to that behind the scenes feel we want to we want to be current we want to talk about what's going on here and and hey there, we've got a lot to talk about after last night
1: and, and with that being said, this is a live show, so I have to remind myself that to, you know, watch my P's and Q's. But also, there's, yeah, a lot of things can happen and between you and I who've never hosted a live show. Uh, this should be really interesting. I'm really excited. I've got okay. Twitter
0: open just in case.
1: You're on it. You're oh, you're never sleeping. You never stop. So let's talk about I'm last night. I'm excited night's. to sleep. <laughs> oh, you should be. Well, after last night's, uh, I don't know, I don't want to call it a dead of a, a performance because it, it is the season opener. I mean, how much could you expect from these guys? But we got to talk about being back in the building. We heard it a million times. It was 600 days. Raptors finally home. Josh, you were there. I was on the DL. I couldn't make it to the to the arena. I knew it broke my heart. But what was the atmosphere like? How would you describe it?
0: Yeah, there was def- definitely an atmosphere in there, and, and we knew that was going to be the case. Mm-hmm. I didn't, I didn't really know how many people would be there, like in just in terms of sheer numbers. I, I think, first of all, there there was maybe some some fear of, of COVID hev- hesitancy. I guess I-, I mean, even from my part, and I completely understand it. I- I've been. Yeah. Pretty cautious throughout the pandemic here, and I mean, up until a few weeks ago, I hadn't even been in a room with more than ten people, let alone twenty thousand people. Twenty thousand of my closest <laughs> friends yesterday, <laughs> but then also these tickets were not cheap, right? Like you're right. still paying. Like this is you're going to see a championship team, which, as we reminded last night, this is not. So I wasn't quite sure if they would hit that sellout mark. They did. The building was full, and full credit to the fans. And we'll talk about this uh, more as the show goes on here, but, But there was definitely an atmosphere in that building. Even as things, I mean, obviously the buzz was sucked out a little bit in the second quarter and the third quarter. You can understand why. I mean, even Drake uh, left his seats after halftime. But towards the end of the game, as Delano Banton came in, as as they were making that push, I was in the bathroom uh, at the end of the third quarter (laughs) as Banton came in and hit that shot. So you didn't even see the shot? I I saw the replay. I didn't see it
1: live. Dude. Um, See, this is the the behind-the-scenes stuff that we're talking about. You can only hear it
0: here. You can only hear it here. (laughs) Um, You can hear the noise in the bathroom. Like, the building just erupts. It's like shaking, and I'm thinking, at that point, they're down by 20. I'm thinking, like, did the Raptors just go full Tracy McGrady on us and (laughs) score, like, 15 points in 45 seconds? What happened here? I thought, maybe I missed the comeback, and no, no, it was just the Delano Banton half-court shot. But that's what I'm saying, though. The fans were into it, so full credit to them. The atmosphere was great. Nikki, like, I I was just – it was really nice to be back. I I, I wasn't quite sure how it would feel, as I said earlier, but – It felt really nice. It felt normal in a lot of ways. It's just been such a strange year for for us, right? Because you almost take some of those things for granted. It's been a long time that I've been covering the team, and I'm an introvert, and I'm a bit of a homebody. So at first... The idea of covering games in my sweatpants from my couch, there was like a novelty there. I'm like, okay, this is kind of cool. This is, but no, I mean, I, I didn't get into this business. I didn't get into this industry to cover games, to watch games from my couch. Just those, those little things that you miss uh, of being, uh, Around fans, in the building, the atmosphere that we talked about, bumping into like Bobby Webster, Masai Ujiri in the back and having those conversations that you're not having over Zoom. We're not getting that over Zoom. So all that stuff, it, it was nice to have that back
1: absolutely and, and you know being in the scrum like there's i've been in some scrums where it is high heat in there there's a lot of smells going on and i miss that and i can't <laughs> wait miss for the that to, i miss the smells the aromas all of it and, and also just hanging out with the different writers and broadcasters in the city there's so much so many talented journalists that we get to be around and, and that's really such a privilege and that was taken away too and, and you know just reacclimating into that environment it's for me as i'm an introvert as well might take some some uh, work and getting used to, but we're back, baby. We are back. So should we just dive right into this game? Like uh, overreactions or we have, I think (laughs) I I slept on it. And obviously, you know, you wake up tomorrow and you're like, okay, I understand why they looked as terrible as they did. 83 points is all that they were able to muster. Um, And, you know, listening to Nick Nurse, I listened to it twice, his post-game press conference. And he, he didn't sound obviously there's nothing to be excited about you could hear like you know he's a little bit dejected i think he was expecting and everyone was expecting a little bit more from the Raptors, especially after their preseason and especially playing a wizards team who are the wizards and didn't win a single game in the preseason um what were your i, I guess what was your biggest takeaway from last night
0: we knew there would be growing pains right i i just I'm not sure that we expected it to be that painful because, yeah. I, I mean, at times that, that's what it was last night. I sort of appreciate the honesty from Nurse and Van Vleet and everybody after the game acknowledging that, yeah, maybe the moment was a little bit too big for them. It would, be, would have been very easy for them after the game to say, okay, well, we just missed shots. It had nothing to do with what, what the emotions of the night or, or anything like that. But it sort of reminded me in some ways of the ring ceremony, Obviously, different types of emotions, but it's still an emotional thing to go through. The pregame ceremony, Van Vliet addressing the crowd, the playoff-like atmosphere. And, and Fred talked about it after the game. The, the thing is, this is not a playoff-caliber team right now. I mean, they're, they're trying to build up to that, but I, I don't think they were ready for a moment like that. And you could see it early on in the game that they were sort of overwhelmed by it. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I, think we saw those growing pains, Scotty Barnes, for example, like he looked great at times. There were, there were moments when he'd get out in transition where you're like, okay, well, th- this is the Scotty Barnes we expected to see that we saw in the preseason, but we also knew that there would be the rookie mistakes. And there were a lot of that. He lost Bradley Beal on that cut towards the rim, a pretty, uh, a pretty basic cut, a pretty basic play. But yeah. what you love is, and there are, there are obviously pros and cons to this, but, He's not pulled out of the game after a, a moment like that. He's going to get a chance to play through it and learn from it, and it's going to be great for the long-term development of Scotty Barnes. It might not be great for the short-term results in terms of wins and losses right now, but that's where the Raptors are. O.G. Ananobi, not uh, as young as Scotty Barnes. He's been in the league for a few me. years.
1: I, O.G.'s yeah, performance she, disappointed me.
0: But even for OG, right? Like there's a learning curve here. He's taking shots he would have never taken before as the fourth or fifth fifth option on the floor. He's got to learn now, for him, what's a good shot. We saw uh, he was spotting up in the fourth quarter and taking those set jumpers that he's used to. He knocked those down. But the rest of the game, when the ball is going through him, when the offense is flowing through him, what's a good shot, what's a bad shot? There's a learning curve there, too.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. I, it was just nice to see him show off some handles, you know, show off a little crossover skill, something that we didn't get to often see, obviously, from OG. And clearly he's been working hard in the in the offseason. He just had such a spectacular preseason. You're hoping that would kind of translate. But uh, you're right. Scotty Barnes, I mean, his first bucket in the NBA, who couldn't ask for anything better, was a nice highlight jump hook. Um, six turnovers for him, though. You know, it was obviously, that's rookie mistakes. That Those are going to be growing pains. And Masai was on the broadcast talking to our very own Kayla Gray, and and he was saying, you know, we're going to struggle. And and it was like literally on cue. He said just like that, like something happened in the game. Uh, We're going to struggle. We're a young team. And he he used the word rebuild when he was talking to Kayla. And I think often when we hear the word rebuild, we think, you know, burn it down, start from the bottom up, and let's do this all over again. But the Raptors aren't necessarily doing that. They're really, though, Refining and redefining what their offense is, and last night that was on full display because they they just look really discombobulated if that's a yeah
0: word I, to I, use. so it's funny, I was gonna ask you like what what's your what's your level of concern here what's your level of panic after game one? I hate using that word after game no. one but like but like the twitter the Twitter panic level is probably at like what at eight nine ten right now uh where where are you at one I, to ten I, I, I,
1: no, I have zero, zero to panic. Ten. Yeah, I may be Zero? Little. No, not zero panic. Okay, I, 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 that was a... No, I think okay, i like, well, like
0: a let Let's not use the word panic. Concern. Concern. Zero to ten. A five?
1: <sighs> I guess because my expectations coming into this season weren't entirely... They weren't super high, you know? So I, I, yeah. I think I was just impressed by what I saw in the preseason. We're talking about length, athleticism, switchability, all, all those different things. But... That's fine in the preseason, but real-time against, you know, all-star caliber guys like, you know, Beal, it's going to translate a little differently when those guys are playing at their best. And – but we, there was glimpses of what they want to do, right? Nick was talking about, you know, running up the floor, guys moving, cutting, uh, getting the back cuts, and there was there was some of that. We saw some of that. The, the communication though just isn't there yet, right? I don't. Uh, the, the trust still has to be built there. I think uh, oftentimes, you know, and I don't know how many times I was screaming when a guy would, you know, drive through the lane and, and try to dish it out, and no one's looking, and then it was a turnover or off somebody else, and like those things will come in time. I'm not too worried about that, so I can't really say that I'm I, I'm not you know I'm panicking. It's game one of 82, yeah. mind you. When you look at the Raptors' schedule, uh, th- this first the start of the schedule isn't exactly you know easy street. So they need to like, games, figure it though. out. A lot of home games, okay? That'll get that's you know home cooking counts for something. But they got to get off to a good start, or else they're gonna be where they were last season when we kept saying, oh, it's early, it's early, and before we knew it. You know the Raptors were kind of you know behind the eight ball to begin the season. So what's yeah. your what's your level of concern?
0: Uh, three. It, it's oh, but, still okay. low, right? Yeah. I'm happy. I'm, i well. First of all, I'm happy we stopped using the word panic. I don't know why we'll say concern. <laughs> My level of concern is is, is not zero, but it, it, it's low. I'm happy that you mentioned expectations earlier because that matters, right? If this was 2019 and they come out and they play like this in game one, then yeah, there's there's probably more concern, but first of all we we knew that this team could be special defensively and i th- still think they will be we saw glimpses of that last night with the length and the versatility and all of that th- they're going to be really good defensively uh yeah. but we also knew that they're going to have trouble scoring right and i don't care how good you are defensively in the nba in 2021 you've got to score at least you've got to score more than 83 points like this isn't this isn't 20 years ago, you're not going to win games like that. So that that's right. the issue for me is in order for this team to win games, especially while Pascal Siakam is out, I, I think, first yeah, exactly. of all, they've got to be able to create turnovers and generate scoring opportunities in transition, which they didn't do enough of last night, and they didn't even take advantage of those opportunities when they had them in, in terms of finishing in transition. Uh, but also... They, they've got to be a pesky team. They've got to be one of those teams. If, if you're going, if you're not going to be able to score 120 points every night, and this team isn't going to be able to do that, then you've got to be able to win ugly. They've done that before. They didn't do that enough last year. Remember last year, it would be like. They dig themselves these holes and then they'd have these like bogus comebacks at the end of the game. They'd they'd cut the deficit down to 10. Oh, here they are. Here are the Raptors. They're within 10, two minutes left. That's what they did last night. And they can't do that. If they're going to do that, if they're going to, first of all, it's good to see that fight at the end of the game, but we need to see that fight earlier. And the Raptors have to be that type of team. They've got to be, for lack of a better word, they've got to be annoying and they've got to be a lot more annoying than they were last night in order to stay in these games.
1: You said a lot of things there, and there's a lot to unpack. And number one is that, you know, Pascal is not here. And and the offense obviously will look so much different and flow through him once he is back. Um, But you're talking about uh, their transition game. And this is a a team, and we always talk about their half-court offense and how they struggle. And I don't know the answer to that. I'm not smart enough to figure that out. But they do have to be better uh, in transition. And correct me if I'm wrong, but you did ask Nurse about that last night. Am I wrong?
0: I did, yeah, Yes. I, I did, and, and a lot of that I think I mean, my question was how much of that is the newness and, and connectivity right. that's we it saw
1: connectivity e- communication, like,
0: yeah, because we saw like even for Scotty like he he's he's looking to make the pass, he's looking to make the right play, the right read, but maybe the timing is off, maybe he's throwing the ball, I, I think at one point he's looking for precious Achua on the break, and he throws the ball behind him, they just right. weren't on the same page, on the same, yeah that that stuff is going to happen here, right,
1: right. No, that's why I'm not worried because that was just a time thing. That's just the feel thing, right? And, and oh, you know what? Let me before we before we get too deep into that. I want to start from the top because uh, when you're talking about Achua and and he started over Cam Birch and even Scottie Barnes starting. He was he's just the seventh and a Raptors rookie to start a game. Were you surprised by those two choices by Nick Nurse?
0: Um, not really. I, I think we saw it coming just based on training camp usage, Mm -hmm. preseason usage. I I think those things are going to be fluid and might change. I I think, I mean, outside of Delano Banton, who we'll get to at some point here over the next hour, um, outside of Banton, I I think Ken Burch may have been the the second most impressive player last night. He was really good coming off the bench. Achua really struggled. Uh, I I don't think one game is going to erase what was a really strong training camp for Achua. Achua. Uh, but I think those positions are going to be fluid. I- I'd like to see Ken Burch with the starters. I thought he fit in mm-hmm. really well there last year. I think he's probably a more... I mean, is the higher upside guy. I get that. But uh, Birch might just be more of a calming presence with that with that group. And then, yeah, I mean, Drogic I see the argument either way, especially with Siakam out. You could use another playmaker on the floor with the starters, but you could also use more scoring, and maybe Trent brings that. Right. Uh, let, let's talk about some of these guys as we segue to the debut of, this is very exciting, Nikki, the Kalos, a segment that we are <laughs> doing every week here. So I, I'm, I'm going to explain it very quick here, but basically we, we are going to be giving out Kalo points. Every week to our three top performers. So for our top performer, we're going to give 3 KLO points. Two points to the second performer. And then for our third guy, third person, one point. So it, they can go to anybody. They can go to a player who we were really impressed with this past week. It could go to a coach. Maybe maybe the Raptor. Maybe the Raptor does something really cool, and he often does. Maybe it's Herbie, the PA announcer, who like does a really good job pronouncing Dennis Schroeder or something like that. So this is subjective. <laughs> We're going to have some fun with it. We're going to be creative. We're also going to keep track of those points. There's going to be a leaderboard. We're going to update it every week, who's got the most points. And at the end of the season, the the person, player, thing, whatever, with the most points... Is gonna win the Kalo. It's a prestigious award named after the greatest raptor ever. There's gonna be a prize. It's so big. It's so great, Nikki. Oh, I don't even know what really? it is yet. Okay. I, yeah. yeah what, what, what do we have to give out here? Do professional athletes we, like TSN hoodies or? Yeah,
1: we don't have a budget for anything, darling. So I don't know what they're <laughs> gonna get. We'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. All right.
0: Yeah. So 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 <laughs> kick things off here. Uh, who is? Let, let's go with your three points. Who is your top performer of the week? And then okay. this is going to include training camp in the preseason, by the way, too. We're not just judging oh. off the last night's game. There, there's not a lot to uh, reward after okay. last night.
1: Well, I, I'm, I was thinking solely last night. But, uh, yeah, okay, you're right. Um, I might have to amend this. But, no, three points for me goes to the fans. I know that's a really broad, you know, kind of blanket, feel good, uh, let's just hand it out. But really, the fans last night, they showed up, they showed out. The atmosphere was amazing. It got me choked up watching, you know, from home and just seeing the joy on everybody's faces. Some of them, you know, most of them were masked faces, but you could see the absolute just just the pride that the, their team is back so i'm going to give it to them an honorable mention in that three points it goes to herbie and to mark strong who really like just kind of yeah. set the tone for everything those guys do such a remarkable job uh every home game of just really hyping the crowd so those, those all of those people get my three points i don't know how they're going all to right. share a prize if they if they win at the end of the season but we'll figure <laughs>
0: that out two, two points
1: Two, okay I'm gonna go again okay two points is that yeah. we haven't really spoken about him because there is a lot to unpack with there uh, it's gonna go to Delano Delano Benton from um, first of all his braids were looking extra tight last night. Um, he knew that he was gonna be you know showing up showing out home crowd on TV he looked really good and the first bucket that you missed, that half-court heave to, like, you know, put an exclamation point on his arrival was just, yeah. you know, it just really got, it just got everyone hyped in. And I loved his energy that he brought, and we can go into all, all the little things that he did in a bit, but uh, he gets my two points. And and finally, my,
0: your, your one point.
1: This was, you know, this was a a tough one because you're right. There wasn't a lot of, there wasn't a whole lot of highlights last night. But I'm going to give it to, this is another blanket broad one. Uh, I'm going to give it to the Canadians that played last night. That we saw, we saw Cambridge, we saw... Boucher and we saw Banton, and that's never happened. Uh, it's such it's such something to celebrate uh, for Canadians and Canada and basketball in this country. And what I really love about it, Josh, is you know I'm all about representation. And If you can see it, you can believe it. And now these guys are you know really showing kids in Canada, boys and girls, that they can aspire uh, to do what they're doing. So I know it's, they probably should have gotten my three points, but they're, they're going to get my one point.
0: No, I, I love it, and, and we are on a similar wavelength here. I, I'm giving three points to the fans, as I yeah! mentioned earlier. Like even when the game was was not looking so great, uh, they, they were into it. I yep. wasn't sure how many people would show up. It was a full house. they they've stuck with this team through a really tough. Whatever it is, year and a half, I'm going with the fans for my three points. For my two points, I'm going to say OG Ananobi. Again, I'm not basing that off of last night necessarily, although I thought he was really good defensively last night, made a few OG plays, but... What a training camp for him. What a preseason. I'm not concerned based off of last night. Again, I think there's a learning curve here. He's going to figure it out. But I I think he's ready to take that next step, that jump, that breakout that everyone's anticipating. It's going to happen here. We're going to talk about him more in the last segment when we make predictions for the season here. But uh, I I was really impressed with what I saw. Everything we needed to see from him in the preseason, we saw. Uh, And then my one point, I'm going to go with Delano Banton, Um, not only for what he did last night as maybe the lone bright spot on the team, a guy that really came in and changed the pace, changed the tempo, gave them that lift, but for a really strong training camp. And obviously, it had to be strong because he has clearly jumped Malachi Flynn. Oh, I'm so
1: glad you went there, bro. I'm so glad you went there. Four
0: out of five preseason games. He was in before Flynn. He was in. Last night, instead of Flynn, no Flynn last night, so I'm mean, i sure we'll talk about that over the course of the next few weeks as well, but kudos to Delano Banton, Um, he's looked really good so far. Now, we're going to be going inside the locker room every week, we're going to be talking to somebody in the organization, a player, a coach, maybe a former player or coach, and I couldn't ask, we couldn't ask for a better first guest here for our debut, none other than... Mr. Bet on Yourself, Fred VanVleet. We're going to chat with him on the other side of the break, so stay tuned for that. You're listening to The Raptors Beat on TSN 1050. It's You are spying on me! The Raptors Beat goes inside the locker room, bringing you the latest from your Toronto Raptors. On TSN 1050, the Raptors live here. Josh Lewenberg, Nikki Reyes back with you. A shout-out to Christoph Mamona who did a great job putting together the intro you heard there, and the rest of our intros, a little Seinfeld clip there as well, so love that. <laughs> Each week, as we tease before break, we're going to be going inside the locker room, talking to a member of the Raptors organization. Nikki, I'm not sure there's a better guy to talk to than... The great Fred Van Vliet, always an interesting perspective. We had a chance to catch up with him a couple days ago in practice. So we're going to play that conversation for you. Um, and, I mean, it, it, was, it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun to talk to Fred. It always is. So uh, let's hear what Mr. Bet on Yourself had to say. So what does a Raptors locker room without Kyle Lowry feel like? What does it look like?
2: Uh, Pretty
0: much the same. Kyle's not much of a
2: locker room guy anyway. He hang out in the office or the or the, the storage cabinet. He's back there with the kebys and the Paulies, But uh, a lot of these young guys running around don't really know too much about anything. So it's fun. It's a, kind of a, a refreshing uh, youth and energy that's in the building. But obviously, we're without that without that guy. You know, it's uh, it's a little bit of a void there, just in terms of veteran leadership. So me and Goren and Pascal and, and the guys are trying to hold that down. But uh, that's I see a different feel in the building without Kayla. Without
1: I know so much has been made about you being primarily uh, the leader of this group. How would you describe your leadership qualities and who influenced you as a leader?
2: Uh, well, first, my leadership qualities would probably be I'm a little bit of a jerk. Um... I try to be honest and try to be accountable Um, and then I just try to learn these guys off the court and get close to them so we have that type of relationship because I'm very hard and truthful to my friends and my loved ones and my family. um, pretty blunt so when I get to know these guys it allows me to have a different line of communication just build that trust and that relationship on and off the court and um, just influencing me growing up probably just be um, my mother obviously um, but my stepdad played a huge role in that, uh, raising me and um, my high school coach uh, Brian Not. he also pushed me very hard, um, I was a terrible leader um, as a young kid I was just all emotion um, so those guys kind of molded me into being a little more uh, level headed it and, and understanding other people's uh, point of views and things like that.
0: Do you have to adjust your style depending yes. on uh, the player that you're you're talking to? Like, is it one of those things you mentioned, getting to know the younger guys? Like, do you have to speak to Scotty differently than you speak to Delano, or or is it just one of those things where they've got to adapt to? to your style and to the style of the team
2: it's a two-way street and i think that's what make the, the best leaders what they are is they can find different ways to communicate with different people now one thing i will always say is that as long as winning is first we can always find the solution I, I can't really deal with people who don't put that first so it's going to be hard but uh, i definitely don't talk to everybody the same way but my message and my my method and my standards don't change so i want the best for every person and if you don't want the best for yourself, then we'll probably have a little bit of an argument here and there. Um, but I just want to win, man, and I just want the best for, for the team. And uh, most guys, you know, they, they're pretty much in line with that, so it works.
1: Yeah, I was wondering that because if I'm, I'm thinking guys might get butt hurt and feelings would get hurt, but uh, thanks for clarifying that. Speaking yeah. of leaders, uh, your coach, Nick Nurse, yeah. um, how would you describe your relationship with him now at this point, and how has he evolved as a coach?
2: Oh, He's evolved uh, tremendously as a head coach um, obviously he was here for assistant for a long time traveled the world coaching basketball but he's evolved a lot in his first year I think he was just figuring that out on the fly trying to figure out who he wanted to be Um, but Nick is a study you know he's a student he's he's always studying other people and and different coaches so um, I don't think he's got his kind of package of who he wants to be as a coach but his personality has been the same he's been the same guy which is great Um, and our relationship has just been steadily growing and building that trust up you know on and off the court over the last few years Um, And uh, Mark Tindell who we had who we had here as a coach with us last year kind of helped bridge the gap you know for me at least just to understand nick a little bit more because he he's known nick a long time
0: you were one of the more vocal guys last year in terms of talking about the challenges of being in tampa maybe more so being away from toronto than being in tampa and everything else that came with it what was the toughest part now in hindsight of being away from toronto as long as you guys were away
2: Um, I think two things is we didn't have our facilities, um, which is a big part of what we do. I mean, we spend anywhere from six to eight hours a day in this place. Uh, and then secondly, just not having uh, a home, like, you know. 41-41 and is a good split, you know, on the road and, and at home, but, like, we didn't have one home game. Like, none of our home games felt like home games, and we didn't have a crowd. There was no energy in the building. We had fans. They took the fans out. They brought the fans back. And like going on the road was refreshing because you were playing in a real arena that was somebody else's home. You know what I mean? So playing in Tampa was a little bit of a challenge that way. Um, Life was good. The weather was good. You know what I mean? The city uh, treated us well. It just wasn't where we were supposed to be. And you could feel that, you know, on a regular.
1: Do you have a Tampa Raptors jersey? Is my question.
2: No, I do not. Huh. No, I do not. We you try want to. to keep it? Uh, we have a lot of love and respect for the city for for taking us in, but um, I think most of us want to put that behind us for sure.
0: I know you were asked this a few times last year. What you learned. From the experience, what you learned about yourself from last year. Now that you've had some time to maybe put it into perspective, what's the takeaway for you from facing that kind of adversity? Um, just a reminder of, like how much I really love the
2: game and, and how much I really, you know, How much blood, sweat and tears I put into this How many hours I put into this in my life And and just what that means to me Because when it was When we were 1 in 18 or whatever it was In the month of March Like that's probably the lowest point I've had Mentally, physically, whatever Coming off of COVID Like outside of obviously, you know Real stuff in the real world Like that was a tough time missing the playoffs having to sit at home and watch other teams play when you know you felt like you know what I mean like contemplating playing or not playing at the end and you know now we're celebrating getting the draft pick we love Scotty to death but you know <laughs> 5 months ago I was like why are we celebrating trying to get a top pick like that's not what we're about so all of those things you know was just a big reminder you know of kind of like how much we should appreciate what we have on a daily basis when so never go through that again. That's kind of like, you know, what I've told myself is I never want to go through that again.
1: So much is being made about what you guys are doing with all these six eight six nine guys, positionless basketball. Yeah. Are we making that up to be bigger than it is, or can you just take us inside what we can expect to see this season?
2: Uh, no, I don't think you guys are. I think it is what it is. I think it's something that's growing itself. Um, I think that, I don't know if... Uh, what it would look like in practice, it looks like you know normal. It doesn't feel any different. Um, you could see the other teams struggling with it in preseason a little bit. Like you could, you could see that they're like you know the length. But when you're on the court, I mean, I'm not tall or long, so I don't, I don't necessarily notice it. But uh, yeah, I think that just a lot of guys flying around, a lot of guys who can intermix and and change positions and um you know we're letting multiple guys bring the ball up the floor switch spots everybody's playing different positions um so it should be fun it should be exciting to watch and we should have a bunch of guys flying around and playing at a high level
0: i'm gonna ask you to put your media hat on i I know you're you're good at it it doesn't pay as well as your current gig but (laughs) but you're capable of it um Who or or what are we not talking enough about going into this season? Like, is there something behind closed doors, somebody that you're seeing in practice that you're excited about? No. Nope. We're doing our jobs
2: perfectly. are doing your jobs perfectly. I will not contribute to any <laughs> media hype or stories on anybody. But uh, I think, I mean, for the most part, for what I see, everybody's excited about Scotty. I think everybody's excited about OG. Uh, waiting for Pascal to come back. I thought Precious is showing a lot of flashes. Um, I, we certainly didn't. I didn't know he could do all of this stuff that he's been doing because we only saw him a couple times in Miami. I wasn't that familiar with him in college. But Precious has got a lot of game. I'm excited. To get Chris back on the court after his injury, Kim, um, Gary, Trans, V—like we got—we got some guys that, that can play. So I think we'll see a lot of uh, growth, and um, a lot of guys have kind of like breakout type flashes, and hopefully they can just sustain it for a long period of time because we're going to need it.
1: Because this is the de- debut of our show, yep. and you are our first guest. Yeah. Kind of advice, media advice, are you going to give us to like make this an award-winning show?
2: Uh, just keep it real at all times, And I think that's the hardest part to do. Is just you know stay true to, to what it is that you want to do, and um, I think that you know everything is controlled, and uh, we, we've merged uh, traditional media with social media now, and every narrative and storyline kind of blends together. And I just think that sometimes it can be a little. Uh, non-organic so i always appreciate the the traditional media that is actually coming from a real place instead of like looking at what people write about on twitter that have no journalism expertise or or you know there has to be some type of class and and etiquette to what we do here and i think it's important to have that buffer because if you just let us talk to fans all day i'm sure that wouldn't go that well you know what i mean they just say whatever they want. There's no, there's no uh, professionalism. Um, so that would be my advice.
0: Some good advice there from Fred Great Van Vliet. Advice. Keep it real, and, and we're going to try. If there's anyone else in the organization, any players that you want to hear from, let us know. We're going to be doing this every week, all season long, going inside the locker room. So hit us up at JLU1050, at Nikki underscore Reyes, on Twitter, and sticking with the theme of Fred VanVleet, we're going to be debuting a a segment on the other side of the break, Uh, Bet On Yourself, where we're going to be making predictions for the upcoming week, for the upcoming season, and it will pit myself against Nikki. We're going to be competing all season long with these predictions, and, uh, I mean, we we are competitive people, right, Nikki? It's not about having fun, it's about winning, so... Uh, stay tuned for that. We're going to be doing that on the other side of the break. You're listening to the Raptors beat on TSN 1050. I've
2: been against the odds
0: my whole life. But, uh, to stop now. Feeling good? Just bet on yourself. Why wouldn't you just bet on yourself? You're you just bet on yourself time to bet on yourself. Don't be afraid to bet on yourself on TSN 1050. The Raptors live here.
1: I got my money on me. I I bet on myself. I can't expect To listen to the Raptors beat Josh Lundberg and Nikki Reyes here with you. Josh, I feel like this hour has just flown by. There's so many things that I wanted to talk about. I really wanted to sink in into Delano Banton and his performance and this, this, this malachi flynn benching is he what's happening with him but we have to keep the show moving because it's time to now bet on yourself we heard from fred VanVleet in the last segment there and in classic you know freddy fashion we're gonna make some bets predictions i suppose for the season and for the upcoming week so why don't you kick us off
0: yeah, we're, we're gonna bet on ourselves every week, right? Like, th- this is how this segment is gonna work here. We're gonna, we're gonna look ahead to the following week. We're gonna go, to, go game by game. And, and then each of us are gonna make a pick for each game. Win or loss. We're gonna keep track of those scores. And, and when we're right, we get a win. When we're wrong, we get a loss. We're going to keep track of it. Whatever prize we're giving to the the Kalo winner is is what you or I, Nikki, will get at the end of the season based on yeah. these records. I'm competitive. I want to win this thing.
1: I, You know, I am too. I, I absolutely. But you keep saying we're going to keep track of this. But you know what? It's you. You're going to keep track of this. <laughs> cause I know that I'm like halfway through the season. I'm going to be like, I don't know what happened. I'm just uh, going to give it to Josh. OK, you got this. You're the adult in the room. OK, so let's start off. Uh, the Raptors go to Boston. They're probably uh, heading to Boston this afternoon after uh, we see them at practice today. Um, how are you feeling about their chances on taking down the Boston Celtics, who played an unbelievable game last night? Yeah, a two, double, double overtime loss. Yeah, to the New York Knicks. One thirty eight, one thirty four was the final in that one. How are you feeling about uh, about Boston?
0: Your old stomping grounds, Nicky. You were just there, so maybe True. you got a better you got a lay of the land there. Maybe you've got a better sense of how the Raptors might do there. <laughs> All I know is that somehow it seems like every year at this time of the season. The Raptors are in Boston. I, I think I, I looked at this yesterday. This is very bizarre, but three out of the last four seasons, the Raptors have played Boston in the second game of the year.
1: Interesting. It, it, those games
0: somehow yeah. are always competitive, but I feel like the Raptors more often than not come out on the wrong side of it. Yeah. Uh, it it's a tough place to play, and yeah, Boston's a little nice. bit undermanned as well. Al Horford has been in the protocol. Jalen Brown just got back from the protocol, and he he looked pretty good last night. Went
1: off. Yep. Uh,
0: I, I think it's a loss for the Raptors.
1: Okay. Uh, I'm with you. It, it, yeah, Al Horford isn't playing. Um, he is in protocol. But Boston is a tough place. And Boston is just a well-oiled machine. You mentioned Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum. They just They're a yeah. team who is not having to start... Not, as, not from the bottom like the Raptors is, but they, they're, they're already, they got their flow going, right? And they looked at last night, double overtime win, uh, excuse me, loss, but a really competitive game. And I just, I, I, don't, I don't see Toronto beating Boston just yet.
0: So then they come home, second night of a back-to-back on Saturday against Luka Doncic and the Mavs. Uh, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say loss. I'm going to say the Raptors start 0-3.
1: Yeah, you know what? I'm with you too. I'm I'm predicting a loss. Yes, Luca, you know, you had me at Luca. They got a new coach though, you know, Jason Kidd uh in Dallas. They're going to look to play a little bit more of an up-tempo game, kind of like the Raptors, you know, the, the get the ball up the court quickly in transition um that kind of game. But you you had me at Luca. I, I see this as a loss as well. 0-3. Uh, I don't know. I, you know, here we are again, I feel like. I hope not, though, because I'm going to be sidelining that game on Saturday. And I would like for them uh, to win in my, my sidelining debut. Little plug for myself. No shame in my game.
0: Well, hey, it's going to be fun either way. Luca. I'm sure uh, <laughs> Goran Dragic is is going to be excited to see his friend and countryman. Um, it's going to be a fun it's game, great. but speaking of fun games, I, I, mean, I think this might be the thing I'm most looking forward to this week. Yes. Chicago yes. coming to town on Monday. DeMar DeRozan and this new-look Chicago Bulls team. I'm not quite sure what to make of them, but I think they're going to be fun. They're going to score a lot. Their defense, maybe not so great. So h- how about that matchup, a team that's going to score but can't maybe defend against the Raptors team that can defend and probably can't score. Who wins out? (laughs) I'm going to say the Raptors get their first win of the season against Chicago, a W against their old friend DeMar DeRozan.
1: I agree. You know, DeMar always plays his former team tough. He's come out on the, the winning end of this. I would like to say and last night, he looked like he was in mid season, mid range form already, but Zach Levine looks great. Uh, they have of course, Vucevic and this is a team that's going to really compete in the East. I just feel Toronto is going to come out on top. I, at least maybe I hope that so that they don't dig themselves into an zero and four hole to start the season, but I'm predicting a win.
0: All right, so far we've got the same picks here. Indiana. This is very boring for radio, by the way.
1: <laughs> very boring for radio that we keep agreeing. We're going to have to remember gonna, this.
0: You we, we just disagree here just for the yeah. sake of it? <laughs> Wednesday against Indiana. Uh, my, my rookie of the year pick, Chris Duarte, here looked great last night sure did. In, 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 a, in a tight loss. Um, I, the Raptors have played really well against Indiana over the years. I think that's going to be a close game, but I'm going to take the Raptors. I'm going to to say a little bit of a winning streak there. Two games in a row, I'm going to say the Raptors beat Indiana.
1: Damn it. See, because I was going to say that they're going to win, too. Another, you know, Rick Carlisle's now coaching them. Traditionally, he likes to slow things down uh, in the half-court offense. You you could say win. Yeah, I'm saying win. I'm going to say win, too. I'm going to go with it. All right,
0: so whatever happens here, we're going to have the same record after week one. (laughs) We both say a two-and-two two week for the Raptors. Okay. Now, typically, typically we're going to focus on this upcoming week when, when we do this segment, but we're going to make some picks here for the season. I already mentioned one. I think Chris Duarte, even in a really loaded rookie class, is going to be a surprise rookie of the year. So we're going to go through some awards potentially as well, but let, let's start with the Raptors here. The over-under for wins for the Raptors. Taking the over, taking the under, what's your win pick, and and where do you see the Raptors finishing this year?
1: See, when when this line first came out, I was like, no way. There's no way 36.5. The Raptors blow the the line every year. Um, I I have them as a 41, maybe 42 win team this season. But then, of course, you see what happened last night, and you're like, oh, wait a minute. Maybe the odds makers are on to something. Maybe they are not as good as I predicted, but I'm still. You know what? I'm sticking to my guns. I'm going. I'm going with the over. I'm taking the over. I believe. It, I'm. I think they're going to finish with the 41-42 wins.
0: Yeah, I, I'm not sure they're a playoff team. I, I think they're a play-in no. team. I think they're going to be uh, hovering around 500 in the play-in mix. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, it, it depends on so many things, right? Like if. If the young guys develop quickly, if OG really breaks out this year the way people are expecting if Pascal Pascal, is back sooner rather than later, and we haven't even talked about him, and they could use him just in terms of the offense right now. If those things happen, then, yeah, I I think... Team's probably a little bit better than we think they will be. Um, If the kind of luck they have this year is anything like what they had last year in Tampa, injuries, COVID, whatever, if those guys do have the going pains, maybe they're a little bit worse. But yeah, I I think 38 to 41 wins. I think they're somewhere in the 7, 8, 9 range in the Eastern Conference. Uh, Very quickly, Nikki, who do you have coming out of the East? What's your finals prediction and and who do you have winning the chip?
1: I had a really hard time last night looking at the Eastern Conference and and where the Toronto Raptors will stack up in it. Um man, the East is just so deep. The East is really really deep. I I I don't know between I I still have Milwaukee coming out on top. Brooklyn as much as I love Brooklyn, I think they can, you know, make obviously so much noise even without Kyrie uh, play if he does decide to sit out this season. But I, uh, I I see it as as Milwaukee and Brooklyn. But like man, like how could you discount Atlanta? What they did last season, uh, Philly. I don't know. I'm not I'm not really sold on Philly. I'm not sold on Philly. And a sleeper in the East for me are the Hornets. I think they're going to be a really good team this season. Um, honestly, right now, Josh, I have Toronto sitting in that like eighth, ninth spot in the East. Is that? Am I not giving them enough credit?
0: No, I I think that's fair. I agree with you too about the East. Like I think for the first time in maybe decades, the East is stronger than the West. Uh, definitely at the top, yeah. and then uh, probably in terms. I didn't of like even the mention Boston. Teams I didn't mention yeah. Miami
1: too. Like there's just so many teams.
0: Sorry. Well, me. I'm happy you mentioned Miami because no. not only do I see Miami coming out of the East, Miami is my championship. Pick Kyle Lowry. Another ring. Come on, Chris. You can cut this. Play this clip at the end of the season. Come on, you don't have to be nice to
1: Kyle Lowry anymore. He ain't in the city, Josh.
0: believe me, I'm not worried about being (laughs) nice to Kyle. But no, I just like they are. They are physical. They're tough. They're built for the playoffs. I, I don't think they're they're gonna have the best record in the East coming out of the season. I think that's probably gonna be Milwaukee. I just think this is a team that's built for the playoffs. They've got some young guys. They've got some youth. They've got the vets. It's a nice mix of a lot of different things. I think like the Raptors are going to be really good defensively. I think they're much better offensively than the Raptors. I, I think yeah. they've, they've got a lot of balance there. They're well coached. I think Miami beats Utah in the finals. So that's what I'm going for for my oh. finals pick. Uh, let, let's talk bold predictions for the Raptors. We've got a few minutes left here. Give me a couple bold predictions for the Raptors this season.
1: No, you go bold, because I, I'm so not to be good at being bold and, and, and predicting. I can but be bold. I, okay, go. You, you go. you be bold.
0: I'm going to say, I, these are not things that I'm basing off of last night exactly, I, I still think OG breakout, it's happening. Okay, I'm I can't believe OG that. Is an, OG is an all-star this year. Oh, OG is bold. makes NBA all-defense this year. He makes one of the all-defensive teams. Um and I think OG Ananobi is the NBA's most improved player. Yeah, this year. I back
1: that. I have that written down as OG most improved. I do like OG is an all defensive player. That is I mean he's he is the best defender on the Toronto Raptors so uh, I think he's going to get a lot of attention in that department. What else? What else you got? What else? You could have made a case got? for
0: him in previous years, but now the numbers sure. are going to be higher offensively, and it shouldn't have to do with that. But I just think you're in a more prominent role. You get more attention, more eyeballs around the league, and he deserves that attention. He's a great defender. Yeah. Uh, you wanted to talk about Delano Banton. My bold prediction is, and maybe not so bold after what we've seen over the last few weeks Malachi Flynn is going to play more games for the Raptors 905 for the G League this year than Banton will
1: that is a bold prediction and going after uh, off of what happened last night that Malachi didn't even get a sniff of the floor uh, mind you like Ben came in like well super late in the third played all of the fourth i think but the the fact that we didn't see Malachi Flynn i like that bold prediction really quickly what do you think about Scotty Barnes and how do you think he's going to stack up against uh the rookies this season how bold are you willing to get here Josh
0: <laughs> not predicting rookie of the year for Scotty Barnes but let's say he's going to play a lot as we were saying earlier like i think there's going to be a lot of good moments i think there's going to be a lot of not so good moments but the more i see of this guy the more confident i am of saying he can play he's going to be a player the question is just how quickly he develops how um how wide is that learning curve uh, but but I think he's going to have a really good year, and I, I think he's going to put some pressure on Nick Nurse because Pascal Siakam is going to come back and, and take his spot, obviously, in the starting lineup. But mm-hmm. I, I think – I mean, I don't know. Do you go big? Do you, do you maybe use the, the – one of those guys, OG Siakam at center, maybe to keep Scotty in there. I think Scotty's going to be playing well enough that you're going to have to seriously consider keeping him in the starting lineup somehow when Siakam comes back. Maybe you go big. And, I like and the, when they went big OG, last
1: night. They found. Yeah, use OG at the
0: two, maybe, and, and yeah. go Barnes at the three siakam at the four anyway we'll, we'll definitely talk about that over the coming weeks the rotation as we see well, how it shapes out and all of that uh we're running out of time here but we're going to be back next week same time same place this was a lot of fun nikki looking forward to doing this again <laughs> next week thank you for listening to Thanks. the raptors beat on tsn 1050